You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in to the Locked On Syracuse podcast as we continue along in the countdown to the NCAA tournament matchup. We officially have a time now for this Syracuse and San Diego State game, so that, of course, very exciting stuff. 9.40 Friday night. Can't wait for that. It'll be the Orange and the Aztecs. And uh, Tim, I, I mean, now it's start, starting to set in a little bit that we have the tournament. We have the bracket in front of us. You and I are starting to get, I think, a little more excited about this. And we're going to be giving you all the content here. So check us out on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. And also, be sure to hit that subscribe button if you are new. If you're checking in just in time for tournament time for the first time, hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. Before we get into today's show where we're going to go into our most important players for Syracuse in the NCAA tournament. And then, Tim, we're also going to get into the Mala candidates. Some players I know you're think, excited about that. You're I, really I, this excited. This is my favorite thing to do. <laughs> it, you find the players who if they go on a run here and are capable of going on a little run here, they might end up being NBA draft picks as opposed to returning to Syracuse next year. So I'm going to bounce some of those names off of you, feel out what you're seeing uh, from from those names. But first, there was some news that happened over the last couple of days. So what did you find for us out on the, the, I'll call it the waiver wire. What did you find for us on the waiver wire? Yeah, there were a lot of college basketball news yesterday, just in the greater scheme of things. BC hired a head coach from Charleston. Archie Miller's out. We don't have to get into all of that, though. The news that pertains to Syracuse is a couple things. One, on the recruiting front, some tough news, because Riley Mulvey committed to Iowa yesterday. Now, it's just a verbal commitment. And he's a class of 2022 guy, but a center that I think it was probably Iowa or Syracuse was my gauge on that. So kind of a bummer that he is picking Iowa right now as it stands, an Albany native. But I think he had some ties to Iowa and, and knew the coaching staff there pretty well. And then the other thing... did his dad have some yeah, strong tie out there or something like that? It, it felt like he was going to go to Iowa, but it kind of was surprising that it was maybe this early, and now we can just rule that one out. And maybe that's that's good that we find out now, and the staff can put their attention elsewhere and try and get a, a different center in the class of 2022. But always a bummer when you miss out on a center. Not that this Riley Mulvey was going to be a five-star McDonald's All-American or anything, but you like to get a center and, and wrap one up yeah. at some point here in the in the coming cycles for sure. And then the other thing, speaking of centers, Trey Mitchell, definitely a big guy. He's like 6'9". I wouldn't classify him as a anchor, true, true center, but he could maybe play the, the back half of the zone and play that anchor spot. He went to UMass, and fans might remember his name because he had Syracuse on his short list back in 2019, a four-star prospect, averaged nearly a double-double at UMass. He is entering the transfer portal. So no news on if Syracuse has expressed any interest, but just worth putting on people's radar and... I'm sure once the tournament winds down, we'll be talking about his name maybe in the offseason. Also, I did see the ACC is allowing players to transfer within the conference, too. Yeah, that's another so one. So that, yeah. that's another big piece of news. So we'll have all that for you. But now we get into the meat of our tournament preview, Syracuse and San Diego State. And we're going to get into our three most important players for the Orange heading in to this matchup against San Diego State and really – Almost at the tournament at large, but again, you can't get to game number two without winning game number one. So we are going to take it one game at a time here. 
So the three most important players heading into the matchup, we'll count them down from third to most important. I'll let you start, Tim. Who is your third most important player for Syracuse heading into this weekend? So it's Kadari Richmond, which might be a little bit surprising to people. That was mine too. Really? Wow. We're, yep. in, we're, we're right on the same page. I don't know your we're list, one for so one this here. will be interesting. And that was the one that I thought we would have a, a difference on. But the reason why I picked Kadari is simple. I brought up the numbers yesterday how San Diego State does a great job at preventing the opponent from getting to the rim. 23% of shots from San Diego State's opponents have been at the rim this year. Well, Kadari's a guy that can get to the rim, and Kadari's a guy that can match San Diego State's physical man-to-man defense, the guards that they have that kind of scare me when you talk about Joe Girard and their, their ability to force turnovers and get in your shorts and play tight D. I think Kadari's critical on the offensive end because Syracuse won't fall into those mid-range two-point jumpers that San Diego State tries to bait you into. And the other thing, San Diego State can shoot the three, and Kadari needs to be at the top of the zone in this matchup to prevent guys like Jordan Shackle from getting hot, who's a 46% three-point shooter this year. And listen, another reason why I picked Kadari is because he might have some difficulties getting to the rim against the San Diego State team because they are so good at preventing those interior shots, but... A big thing to also note is the fact that he can create three-point shots for others by penetrating, and then you get open looks. And it's a little different here, because going into the ACC tournament, we said, I I had Joe Girard on my list, and none of us had Kadari on our list. But I think that changes here for a couple reasons. A, defensively, things change, because you're going to have to be very good defensively throughout this NCAA tournament, especially against a team that Brian Dutcher, the head coach, said has not faced a 2-3 zone this year. So you're going to have to be very sharp defensively. And then on top of that, I just think that Kadari, he needs to create. He needs to be the guy who creates offense for this team because this is a very good San Diego State defense, and it's a little different this time around. I don't think Joe Girard necessarily needs to be great if some of these other guys are, are shooting well, like if Buddy's shooting well, if Allen's shooting well. Um, and if Quincy's can, can stroke it from three a little bit too. So yeah, I'm with you. Kadari is my third most important player heading into this NCAA tournament. And just real quick, one last point on Kadari. Terrell Gomez is a guy that is the weak link of San Diego State's man-to-man D because he's only five foot eight. So that's a matchup I think Kadari can exploit because Joe Girard, maybe he can exploit him a little bit too at five foot eight. But I don't know, like San Diego State, won't play against a lot of great teams they didn't this year that really could get exploited by Gomez. But I think when you put Kadari on him, he can Not score a lot of great guards either. Yeah, yeah that, that, right. that's another thing to note. Real quick, got to tell you about the best place on the internet to shop for a car parts. That, of course, is rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's almost impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and also in your pocket. And one reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money and that's the best thing about rockauto.com is that 
you could choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts that you're gonna get at a chain store or new car dealership. And not only that, but chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. So rockauto.com's prices though, they're the same for everyone and they're always reliably low. And one of the best parts about rockauto.com is it's a family business that's been serving auto part customers online for 20 years. It's the consistency that makes them the best. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts for hundreds of manufacturers and be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Again, when you go to rockauto.com to fix up your car or truck, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Who do you have at number two on your list? My number two is Quincy, and I kind of toyed with putting him number one for the San Diego State game, but I do think he's number two because, and he's just important in this game because I don't think San Diego State is going to present too much of a problem rebounding-wise, knock on wood. I think they're a solid rebounding team, but I don't feel like Mensa, Nathan Mensa, their center, is a guy that is just going to tear us up or be waiting and catching those lobs and... He's a decent player, and he really was hurt all of last year for San Diego State when they were really good, and their whole thing was, well, if we had Mensa, we'd definitely be a number one seed. Now you had him, and he's a pretty good defender. Like, he held Luca Garza to nine points when they played last year against Luca Garza, so that's saying something. But I do think Quincy can get some against the San Diego State front court, and when he's good, Syracuse is just a much better team. I'm with you. That's a good one in Quincy. I don't have Quincy on my list, actually. Okay. My number two is Alan Griffin because we see the difference. When Alan Griffin is playing well versus when Alan Griffin is not playing well, it kind of ta- – like when Alan's not playing well, it really tanks the entire Syracuse team. And it just it, – it strikes me as very odd. And he needs to rebound, too. We went over the stat. I think when Syracuse – I think it changed in the NC State game, too, because he had double-digit rebounds, if I'm remembering correctly, in the NC State win in the ACC tournament. But Syracuse is 5-0 or 6-0 when Alan Griffin goes off for double-digit rebounds. They need him engaged. They need him engaged on both ends of the floor. You cannot afford to be playing 4-on-5. I don't want to see the early hero ball shots out of him. I used to like when the first hero ball shot went down for him. Now I don't. I think it's actually bad when that first hero ball drops for Griffin because... That means you're getting three more in the next five or six possessions. And they usually don't go in after that. So I need a consistent Alan Griffin from start to finish, both ends of the floor, really bringing it. I think he is critical to what Syracuse can do in this tournament. My only counter to that, and the reason why I didn't put him in my top three, because I had him in my top three for the ACC tournament, Mm -hmm. the way we saw Braswell play in the ACC tournament, and 
The way the team played against Virginia, despite Griffin basically giving us nothing against Virginia, that showed me that I think with an off Allen Griffin night, they can definitely win. And there's games that they played this year where Syracuse as a team has played well, despite Griffin playing very poorly and not playing a whole lot of minutes. And I don't know if you can really say that about Quincy and Buddy to the same degree as you can about Alan Griffin. And that's fair. I, I just think that I feel like when, when people bring up Alan Griffin, especially in the conversation of most important, everyone's mind goes to scoring. Like, it's got to be scoring, scoring, scoring with Alan. His rebounding's huge, yeah. But his rebounding is important. His slashing's important. His defense needs to be there. I mean, he's a guy who's going to block shots for you. I need to see him. I'd almost argue he's more important on the defensive side of the ball because if he's locked in and engaged, and I think yeah. he will, I feel like he gets up for some of these really big games like this. Although the the last one, he did not because that was against Virginia. But in terms of a meaningful game, big lights and all that stuff, I feel like he gets up for them for the most part. And I need to see him engaged defensively. And he knows if he's not engaged defensively, he's not going to be playing. Yeah. So my number one, if we want to move on to that, is Buddy. Is he your number one? Buddy is also my number one, yes. Yeah, and I think we we sort of said it last time we did this before the ACC tournament. We were doing our rankings. I had him three. I think you might have had Gerard three, so he was kind of like an honorable mention, which looking back was sort of foolish the way that he played. But it's not who was going to be the best players for Syracuse in the tournament. It's who are the most, most important, important players. Yep. And there, that's a difference. I do think when he plays well, that's the biggest correlation to Syracuse playing well. And it's something we've talked about recently. And I know they lost to Virginia, but when he scores in the neighborhood of 28, 29 points, they just look like a different team. And, you know, they just need a guy in the NCAA tournament that is going to take the shot when there's two minutes left and they need a big bucket. That was Tyus Battle on that final first right. four to Sweet 16 team. Tyus Battle hit some big shots. Buddy, to me, has to be that guy because you need an alpha scorer. You need someone that the coach, the rest of the players can turn to in the final minutes. And right now he's developing into that guy, so he's got to stay on that path, I think. And that's part of why I also took Alan Griffin, too, because Alan Griffin's the guy who can shoot you to a win. Now, he can also shoot you out of a loss as yeah. well. But I I see him being one of those guys where if he can get really hot in one of these games, he can he can really make a name for himself and even put himself in like a one shining moment video too. One more um honorary mention name I want to throw at you here. Marek Dolajai. I feel like yeah. he's an interesting one because he's one of those guys you put him in an NCAA tournament environment and if he can get things going, I'm not saying he has to go and, and play and, and give you 16, 18 points, but if he's rebounding, if he's blocking a shot here and there, if he's creating some steals, if Setting he's the one leading a fast break, set, yeah. yeah, that I think is really important. And he's going to be one of those guys where it's not going to show up in the stat sheet, but his contributions are very, very important. So I, I'm hesitant to put him in that top three, but I think he deserves an honorable mention. No, that's a good call. I'm glad you brought him up because that would have been bad if we didn't mention him. And at he's all. a senior too, so this yeah. might be his last go around. And I mean, he played in the NCAA tournament every single year, which is pretty notable for of all the guys. I guess it's him and Sidibe. They they have played in the NCAA tournament every single year. For, as well, except a senior. for last year, right when there wasn't a tournament. But I see what right, you're saying. Right, exactly. Yeah. So so yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's pretty notable because of recent Q's players, there aren't a ton 
who can say that. So, and, and you could say, well, they weren't going to make it last year anyway, but hey, you never, you never know because uh, the, there was that Louisville game sitting on the horizon. So, all right, we've also got DeBundo's digits. We're going to have it for you every single day from here until we close out the week. And today, DeBundo's going to get into some numbers about our most important player for the NCAA tournament, Buddy Bayheim. So without further ado, let's get into it. DeBundo's digits. The numbers you need to know. Anthony DeBundo breaks down the biggest stats for this week's Syracuse matchup. Everybody. DeBundo's digits. If you ain't taking stats, on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Syracuse is the 18th most efficient team in the country in the last five games. The recent improvements for the Orange have not come from defense. Syracuse is ranked 92nd in adjusted defensive efficiency in that same time frame. Almost all of the improvements have been on offense, where Syracuse is making more threes and is the 8th most efficient offense in the country in that, albeit small, sample size. For reference, Gonzaga's offense ranks 7th in the country in that time frame, just .1 points per 100 possessions better than the Cuse. And one area of significant recent defensive improvement for the Orange has been in guarding the perimeter. That will be a key against San Diego State, who is the 28th best three-point shooting team in the country. The Orange ranked 83rd in perimeter defense in the last five games. They've created more second-chance opportunities through offensive rebounding at the other end. And while the Orange are 18th in recent form, San Diego State is 28th best in that same time frame. The Aztecs' offense has struggled of late with jump shooting and overall efficiency. They struggled in two of their three Mountain West tournament games and just made 32% in those three games from three. It's much lower than their season average. When the Orange have played quality opponents this season, they have struggled. According to Torvik's quality games efficiency metric, which only counts games against top 50 opponents, the Orange are 80th. Syracuse has played nine games against top 50 opponents and has a 2-7 and seven record in those games. And the Aztecs have played four teams inside the venue adjusted top 50. They've struggled on offense, making 27.5% of their threes in those games. And their offense is 149th in efficiency. There's a danger in overreacting to small sample sizes here. Both the SDSU offense and Syracuse defense have really struggled against top-tier teams on their respective schedules. And on to Buddy Beheim. In his first 11 games of the season, Buddy made 22 of 80 from deep. That's 27.5%. His shooting woes culminated in a 1 of 7 game against Virginia on January 25th. At that point, he was running 10% behind the pace he had set last year. And he had three games where he didn't even make a three-pointer. But since that Virginia game, the halfway point of his season, he's been one of the hottest shooters in the country. He's made 41 of 89 from deep, 46%, to raise his overall percentage above last season, and he's made at least four threes in six of the Orange's last 11 games. And a final note on tempo, Syracuse is down to 138th in overall tempo, averaging 69.2 possessions per game. It is faster than the five seasons prior, but at one point the Orange looked like they'd play around a top 50 or maybe 70 pace. That hadn't happened since 2010. It did not come to fruition. San Diego State plays a pack line defense similar to that of Virginia. Virginia and SDSU have been vulnerable in the past to transition offense if offenses can get down the court before they're able to set up their defenses and pack the paint. So Syracuse might look to go up-tempo in spots to exploit the Aztecs, even if the Orange have been playing slower as the season has progressed. And tomorrow, as a part of our three-part DeBundo Digits preview, we'll dive a bit more into the Aztecs specifically, the best team in the favorite conference of mine, the Mountain West.
All right, uh, our thank you to Anthony DeBundo. He'll be with us every day this week, giving you the latest. I think he's going to get into some more San Diego State stuff on the, the later days throughout the week. So we will have all of that for you. Coming up next, we're going to get into our Mala candidates, the players who, if they go on a run, can maybe not be with the Orange next year because they're heading to the NBA. That is coming up next. Hey, the bracket is set, and there's only one place to get in all your bets in the most secure way. It is betonline.ag. With March Madness around the corner, you're going to want to get in on all of this hot college basketball action, and betonline.ag has you covered with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine, including this Syracuse game. And let's say you're a little more ambitious and think, hey, Syracuse could go on a little bit of a run here. Well then, why not get in on a future bet as well? Head on over to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you got to do is punch in our promo code Locked On Again, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just got to use our promo code Locked On. That's all one word, and you will get a 50% added bonus to what you're putting into your betonline.ag account. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, guys, final break to tell you about Built Bar, which is, of course, the best tasting protein bar on the market. We've known that for a while now, and now we're trying to figure out what is truly the best Built Bar flavor out there. We've often discussed on this podcast some of our favorites. We are putting it to the test. It is the Built Bar Madness. Over on their website, go to builtbar.com or to built underscore bar on Twitter. You can vote right now on the Built Bar Madness. They're in the sweetest 16 portion, trying to trim it down to the enticing eight. Cookies and Cream is the only team in the enticing eight so far as of me recording this. So go over, try and figure out what is the best Built Bar flavor ever. Vote each and every day as they continue through the month of March over at BuiltBar.com and at Built underscore Bar on Twitter. And remember to use our promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED, the number 15. Get you 15% off your next order over at BuiltBar.com. All right, this is one of my favorite things to do every year, and we haven't really had a ton of these. I think this might be the, the beefiest of the Malik candidates. I know you weren't too keen on a ton of them. You didn't think there were a ton on this team, but I actually think there are four Malik candidates on this wow. team. And I'm going to rattle them off to you from least likely to most likely in terms of if these guys rip off a run, a la Malachi Richardson in the NCAA tournament back in 2016, then they may be going pro as opposed to coming back and playing for Syracuse next year. As of right now, these names really aren't over on draft boards, but with a little bit of flair and some, some big-time moments throughout this tournament, we see it every year. There are players who go out and rip off these big tournament runs, and it ends up with them having their draft stock explode. So let's get into it here. I'm going to give you my number four male candidate. It is Buddy Beheim, believe it or not. Really? Listen, you can say all you want about Buddy and, oh, maybe he doesn't have the athleticism for the NBA, but let's be honest. He has the size, and who knows what his defense is going to be like. I think that might be something that holds him back. And again, he has to go on a run here, but he is the hottest player in the ACC right now, and he is one of the hottest players in the entire country right now. He's playing extremely well. His dad's got the NBA ties. If he plays in the NCAA tournament like he played in the ACC tournament 
and Syracuse plays in two, maybe three games, I think there might be a chance that he goes. So I'm pretty, I don't really see it, but I will and say again, my, this is this is my far-fetched one. Yeah, right. But I think there is an outside chance it happens. I just don't think the defense is there. And I will say two things. One, we would have never thought Duncan Robinson would be an NBA fixture and going to begin a big payday soon. If you can right. shoot, that can land you on at least a chance, I'd say. And the second thing is, I have a friend that's a big UNC fan, and you know how Buddy is just always torched UNC for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. You think about the first half this year, the ACC, or the game right before the ACC tournament, I should say, and he was like, Buddy Beheim's an NBA player. Like, he doesn't watch any other Syracuse. So it was just funny because he was like, is Buddy going pro after this year? And I guess in a <laughs> yeah. vacuum, you might think that just the way he plays against UNC. A lot of people say that too like I've had that conversation with a couple other people who are watching Syracuse for the first time and it's a good buddy game and they're like hmm like Jim Beheim, very well known in, in the basketball community and huh may, may, is buddy going pro soon so y- your friend is not alone um I think there are some other people who think that he could be eventually an NBA player at least from from the optics of of watching him shoot because listen he can stroke it every single night all right Mal candidate number three you ready for it I've got Quincy Garrier for you. He is the guy who, really? entering this season, we thought he would be the one that would maybe go pro. And especially with the way he started, we thought it was essentially a lock. He's teetered off now. He's fallen down a lot of draft boards. He's not even on some of them. I still think he's going to go regardless. But I think if he can rip off a run here, he has a chance to improve his draft stock and actually be picked. And who knows, if he plays really, really well, maybe can work his way into the first round. That's how important this NCAA tournament is for Quincy Garrier. Yeah, you see it every year. We, we never would have thought Malachi would have been drafted before the run. So you're right, it could happen. I would have thought he would have been your number one, honestly. Because to me, he's the closest to draft boards of anyone on the roster right now. Yeah, and that's fair. But I I also think that he's the one who's most likely to leave no matter what. Yeah, okay. So if you're looking at it that way, I get you. My number two, you ready for this one? Alan Griffin. And Alan Griffin is a guy who I think has probably one of the higher NBA ceilings on this roster. I think he's one of those guys who would also benefit from having more space in the NBA as well. He's active on both ends. He's shown the athleticism from the start to to now. He's been a great player for the Syracuse team all season long. There's consistency issues, but isn't that kind of what Malachi Richardson had too? Like he reminds me a lot of Malachi Richardson. And he's a guy who, if he gets hot and if he's feeling it in a couple games here, obviously his dad's an NBA coach, which we talked about earlier, but I think that this is this is a prime male candidate for this team heading into this into this NCAA tournament. If Griffin goes out there and puts together two, maybe three really strong performances where he's getting 23 or 25 points and maybe seven or nine rebounds as well, that'll perk up some some NBA draft scouts ears and, and eyes. I, I, I think this is a really good one here. No, I thought it was interesting earlier this year on the Jim Beheim show, someone asked him what will be in the transfer portal this year? And he went on a long tangent about how it's going to be the craziest offseason ever. And he brought up kind of unprompted that Alan Griffin, he was like, Griffin might look into his NBA future. Quincy might do it. And we haven't really talked about Griffin to the degree we've talked about Quincy throughout this season. But I do think you'd be foolish to not at least recognize that 
Alan he's got Griffin. NBA gifts. Yeah, he and plays, he, and he, he really plays the most NBA play. style of basketball out there. Yeah, and he really wants to play at the NBA level. I think that's evident because of his dad. And also, why would you switch from Illinois to Syracuse? I mean, Illinois is clearly a better team. He probably could have won a national title there. I'm not saying that's the only reason, but I think he wanted to go somewhere where he had the ball in his hands more and he could get to the NBA. And the fact that Beheim brought that up, I would not be surprised at all, even if he doesn't play that great in the tournament, if he entertains the draft, just based on Beheim's comment. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I thought that was interesting. No, and I think we brought that up, too, a little before that Jim Beheim show. Like, hey, keep your eye out on Alan Griffin, because yeah. he's a guy who does have NBA potential in him. And then my number one male candidate for you here, Kadari Richmond. Yeah, I figured this that was the one me. remaining. Yeah, This kind of scares me, because he is a freshman, and I know he's on a lot of NBA teams' radars. It may not be this year. It's probably not this year. But if he plays really well in this tournament, he could expedite the process. He yeah, really I just don't could. know if uh, Jim will play him the proper amount of minutes to get to and a that's point fair. where he could be Malachi. You know, and that's or fair. be one of those players, yeah. But if he if he's playing, let's say he gets like the 27 to 30 minutes... At least that's the way, and and assuming that knee is healthy as well, or at least a lot healthier, this one kind of scares me. I think there is a, a real chance that if he plays well, because NBA scouts already like him. I know NBA scouts already like him. He could be a guy, he's long. They'll, they'll just say, he's a guy we can fix his jump shot when he gets into the league, but he's yeah. got all the other gifts. He's got all the stuff you can't teach, the length, the size. He's a, a, a very good ball handler as well. And he's got some of those crafty passes in his in his arsenal too. I I'm almost a little. But listen, if Kadari's going pro after this season, it'll mean Syracuse had a, a very fun run this yeah, year. Yeah, like a Final Four or something, maybe even. I yeah. don't even know if it means Final Four. It may just even mean like a Lead Eight or Sweet Sixteen. But yeah. yeah. So that's the so. only downside if they go on a run like that. I I think he definitely has NBA potential long term. And when you look at his game and the way the NBA is trending, I mean, Isaac Okoro from Auburn, not a great shooter. He went number five this year. There's always guys that just defensively can catapult up these draft, board, yeah. draft boards Patrick now. Williams from Florida yep. State. I mean, all, all the Florida State guys. Devin Vassell, too. I mean, his jump shot was, was memed when he got when he got uh, into the, the workouts and stuff like that. So it, it's something to watch for. But those are my four male candidates. We usually don't have four. I think... The most recent one that we talked about was O'Shea Brissett. And he ends up going to the draft, doesn't end up getting picked, but he's had a nice little G League career, and I think he will crack his way into the NBA at some point, sooner, hopefully, rather than later. All right, so that's going to do it for us here on our three most important players and male candidates. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to get into some more San Diego State stuff, and I'm really excited for Thursday, Tim. Because yeah. we're going to do sort of this roundtable discussion. We're going to have a bunch of our friends, a bunch of guys that you've heard, a bunch of guys that have played for Syracuse, have covered Syracuse. They're going to all give their two cents on what has happened and what they are seeing out of Syracuse heading into the NCAA tournament. We're going to hear from Devo. We're going to hear from James Zuba, Matthew Gutierrez, and there's going to be some more fun surprises for you as well. So be on the lookout for that. That is Thursday. Cannot wait for that one. It'll be fun to get all those guys' insights on that. We'll give you more San Diego State stuff tomorrow. And then, of course, we're going to crack it all down when we've got our full fleshed-out preview for you on Friday. So for Tim, I'm Tyler. Check back in with us tomorrow 